Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. This is episode 80, and it is Cyhawk Week, baby. I'm Steph Copley, and I am normally joined by Elisa Woods, but Elisa couldn't make it uh, tonight, so I recruited a very special guest to co-host the Title IX episode, the Cyhawk episode with me. Her name is Samantha Eifler. She's also known as my little sister. Hey, Sammy. Hi, thanks for having me. Are you nervous? Honestly, I've been so nervous the past six hours. <laughs> Why? I don't know, because you know a lot more than I do. So I'm no, just going to here as an assistant and I'll laugh when needed and add You can be my laugh comments. track? Yes. My I'm personal laugh track. Well, Sam is my little sister. She's also <clears throat> my best friend. She's a teacher um, in one of the metro school, uh, suburb schools, and she is a diehard cyclone, an Iowa State alum like me. So needless to say, we're pretty fired up this week. But before we get into our Cyhawk preview, we need to give a shout out to our sponsors of the podcast, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. I saw Dean uh, David Spalding threw out the first pitch of the Iowa Cubs game last week, and he nailed it. So in addition to being an amazing dean of the college, he uh, he's uh, a ceremonial first pitch uh, stud. So there you go, Dean Spalding. Well done. We also need to shout out to Mississippi River Distilling Company, who sponsors the entire podcast network. Sammy, I have big news. I was able to track down a bottle of the Black Label Cyclone Fanatic bourbon this week. Whoa. I had to what go to a few stores. A, it's in the stores now. Yeah, it's in stores now. Um, I, I will. Op- <clears throat> I was planning to open it this Saturday after the, the season opener. But honestly, I just I feel like I need to. That was just too easy of an opener. You know, I need to yep. save it for a special occasion, like hopefully next... this weekend. Yep, save it for this weekend. Yeah, but it's um, it's a hot commodity. Teddy Holly, friend of the pod, said he opened up a liquor store in Panora. And Cody oh, Road has been... Yeah, so Cody Road has been hard to keep on the shelves, according to Teddy. So uh, people, are, people are learning that it's an amazing bourbon made by amazing humans, our friends, over at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. All right, Sam... It's Cyhawk week. Let's go. Let's discuss the elephant in the room, which is your marriage, your recent marriage to a Hawkeye fan. First of all, why? (laughs) Why did you choose a Hawkeye fan to fall in love with and marry? 
I know it's been a, it's been a tough go. <laughs> he doesn't have very many character flaws, but that certainly is one of them. Sorry, yes. Taylor. No, um, I, but I will uh, give I was... him some kudos because last Saturday you were both in Ames and he respectfully yep. wore a white t-shirt with no Hawkeye logo of any kind. Yeah. And last year he actually came to Ames to the Seahawk game with us and he was delightful to sit with, sit with. I would say he is absolutely one of the good ones when it comes to Hawkeye fans. For sure. So when you invited us to the game last year, he was, uh, he was obviously very excited about the Iowa performance. Um, but he decided that, uh, he needed to be well-behaved because number one, he was part of the family, but also he knew he was in a cyclone sitting section. So he's like, I really can't rub it in their faces. And he said, I want to be invited back again. And he was great. So that's the sign of a good guest. Yes, I appreciated that. So we'll see how this week goes, but yeah, it'll be a little tense this week, I think, around the house. <laughs> see, the difference is you weren't married then and you're married no. now. So he no yeah. longer has to worry about impressing you or me. Yeah. So are you, you anticipating any side? what's that? <laughs> are we gonna see a different side of him? That's why I'm I was just gonna ask you, are you anticipating any issues in this house no. divided of yours? No, not really. I mean, he's obviously super competitive, like playing college football himself and everything. But I will say he is not a sore winner or a sore loser. Like he's very, he just kind of, it is what it is and he, it's easy to deal with. So I appreciate that a lot, regardless of what the outcome will be this week. Well, there are many houses divided across the state um, this, this week, especially and I've got to say, I think you're one of the lucky ones because I, ima- I imagine that can be a tumultuous issue, yes. uh, depending on how people handle the losses and wins. So good for you. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Let's talk about how we feel about Iowa State's performance in the 42 to 10 victory over SEMO on Saturday. So Sam and I are recording Monday night. And by now, the game has been dissected by CW and Bloom on their Sunday Night Pod, um, the Cyclone Fanatic Instant Reaction, Jared and Woody did it on Fart, Miller and Bruns did it on their respective podcasts on the Iowa Network. So we don't need to necessarily break it down into painstaking detail like these guys have. But I think maybe a takeaway that we can provide our listeners um, is just to say what we feel best and worst about, um, kind of a how, how a gut check type of feeling. So I'll start and I'll tell you I'm cheating because I hate having to pick one favorite of anything. Like people say, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite food? I don't want to pick a favorite one. I want more than one. So I'm doing that tonight on the podcast. Um, my first best is Hunter Deckers and his confidence. Um, we were, I was at the game with the family. And the first thing I noticed was coach Campbell and the offense going right. You trusting Deckers right out of the gate. We went, um, used him right out of the gate. I went back and looked and the first five plays on our first offensive possession of the game were passes. He ended up 25 of 31 on the, on the day with 230, excuse me, 293 yards and four touchdowns. So I think the fact that coach Campbell and staff were wanting to go to him right out of the gates and make him comfortable is a very good sign. Um, And as noted by Jared in his Monday musings earlier today, Deckers is only the third quarterback since Iowa State quarterback, I should say, since the year 2000 to complete 80% of his passes. And the other two are Seneca Wallace and Brock Purdy. So that's good company. That's a great company. Um, And Elisa and I were texting after the game and she watched on TV and she said, I'm wondering how far 
Deckers can air it out for a Hail Mary. His motion is so effortless. And that's exactly what I noticed too. And I mean, no disrespect to Brock Purdy, of course, but we often talked about back foot Brock when he'd get ready to throw either a long pass or something with some zip on it. He'd often lean back on that back foot and not get that strong forward motion. And Deckers is just, he looks different. Like Elisa said, it looks effortless. And I'm really excited to see what he can do against, you know, maybe someone a little more challenging than Simo and what looks we get out of this offense. Um, my other best is that it was a stress-free season opener. We often don't get those, especially as of late in Iowa State football. And not only was it stress-free, but nothing strange happened. You know, Mm -hmm. nothing terrible happened. Um, The caveat being whether Cartavius Norton was actually just experiencing cramps, like Coach Matt Campbell told us, or whether it's something worse. Because Matt Campbell is a notorious liar when it comes to (laughs) when it comes to injuries. So that would be my one caveat. But Otherwise, it was just an enjoyable game. There was no moment when I was scared. It was just pedal to the metal, let's go. And I feel like as Iowa State fans, we always are waiting for that moment where, like you said, something weird happens or something bad happens, and it didn't happen. And it so didn't. I was, yeah, I was at the game as well, but we were only there for the first half. But um, so something that Taylor, my husband, always makes fun of me for is <clears throat> I. I hate running plays. Like anytime we're watching football, I'm like, why aren't they throwing it down the field? And he's like, Sam, you just can't do that. Like every play. But to me, I'm like, it's so much more exciting when they make big passing plays. And so, like you said, when the first several plays were successful passing plays, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we're moving down the field so fast. And to maybe be the devil's advocate to that that could also be because we don't have the strong running backs like yes. we have in the past with Brees Hall. Now we had yeah. some guys, you know, um, Norton looked great and uh, I, it's going to be fine, I think. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that our running backs room is not as strong as it was when Bree, obviously, I mean, Brees yeah. is, he's going to be the starting running back for the New York jets. There's, there's going to yeah. be a drop off. The question is, and that, I guess that's my worst. My worst is what is our run game going to look like with lesser talent than we've experienced in past years? Yeah. And so, my, sorry. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I saw, <clears throat> I saw a play replay on Twitter, um, of Jirel Brock when he did mm-hmm. that juke yes. and the defender like ran right past him. And I was like, this was the most awesome thing I've ever seen. So it was that pretty, was it looked like a video cool. game. It did. So I'm like, that might've been my favorite moment of the game. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's no question that Jirel Brock and, and Norton are, I mean, we're going to be all right, yeah. but it's, it's a drop off. There's no question about that. So it's just, what is coach going to make of an offense that is arguable, not even arguably, um, probably less talented top to bottom. Um, and I don't know, I think Hunter Deckers has a chance to be a very strong quarterback. So it's just going to be a, how, how much do we want him passing versus how can we balance it out with the run game? Yeah. And then uh, big against this week against Iowa, against their good defense. We'll have to see. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So Iowa had a real barn burner on Saturday. (laughs) So like, like always I couldn't get any damn cell phone reception in Jack Trice stadium. Um, So I was trying to check the Iowa score and I couldn't get it to load. 
And we went into the stadium, I think it was five to three, and it stayed at five to three for a really long time. And in my head, I was like, oh, surely they've scored more. And then eventually here, it ended up being a final of seven to three. I mean, (laughs) seven to three with no no touchdown. touchdown. (laughs) Yeah, I was at the game, like I said, and Taylor, he stayed back to watch it at a tailgate with, um, a friend who they're both Iowa fans. And I somehow had enough service to be texting him during the game. And I said, how's Iowa looking? And he said like terrible. And he just said five to three. And I was like, really still? Because like you said, like we, we, you know, he was watching the game when we went into the, when we went into the game and they hadn't scored still. He was not impressed. (laughs) Well, no one should be impressed. They had, they had two points they gained 2.7 yards per play. That is atrocious. So bad. So let's just, I mean, that's, that was their worst. If we're doing a best and the worst, there's no question. That's their worst. I don't, (laughs) I don't know what else could be worse. No. Uh, Other than Petrus, terrible too. I, uh, I don't know. They're, they're struggle bus. So again, on Twitter, I saw something hilarious. I don't know who tweeted it, but it said something along the lines of, um, Hey, Iowa, remember when you didn't even give Deckers a chance or like didn't even look at him. And then it said, uh, enjoy Petrus, you weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. But they do have something Iowa state doesn't have. And that's Tori Taylor, who is just a freak of a punter. Yep. The man can flip the field like I have never seen before. And obviously that is their most impressive and their scariest weapon. Yeah. And I don't know. Here's the funny thing. And um, this has been set out. I mean, we all know this is the case. No one feels good about this game. No, Iowa fans feel terrible about it. Mm-hmm. Iowa State fans, based on past history, feel, t- feel terrible about it, even though there's arguably a really good opportunity here. So how is this setting up? Let me tell you, it's huge for Iowa state. Obviously Matt Campbell has yet to beat the Hawkeyes. He needs this one. This is, this is one of those demons that's just haunting us all. And he needs it. He needs to get over the hump. We need to just move forward and get through September on a high note, but I'm a little concerned because this is setting up to be a lose, lose for Iowa state. And before I say anything, let me just say, I will absolutely take a a W on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm yes. A million percent. I want to kick, kick some Hawkeye ass, but my concern is that if Iowa state wins, we're going to hear how crappy this Iowa team is and how it took one of their worst offenses in recent history for Iowa state to actually beat them. And if Iowa state loses, we're going to hear about how Iowa state lost to one of the worst Iowa offenses in history. And I just hate that that's the narrative that's going to come out of either situation. It's just always so, like you said, it's like unsettling. Like, I don't know it, no matter what the teams are, no matter what happened in the games the week before, like, it's just, I feel like it doesn't matter. Like we, we never play the way we should play. Never. And no. And it's like you said, it just feels like a lose, lose. And I honestly, and this is negative probably me to say, but I always like recently I just go into this week assuming the worst and I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to have a great outcome, but it's like um, we're dogs who have been like, yeah, not fed or something. Like we just assume that dinner's never coming again. Weird psychology (laughs) happening. Um, we, I actually met a guy earlier today who he's a diehard Hawkeye fan. And we were talking about the Iowa, Iowa state game. And he said, um, 
he said, I'm going to Vegas on Friday and I'm going to place a bet on Iowa state to win. I said, really? And he goes, he, and I told him I was going to be on this podcast. He goes, you can tell the story, but do not mention my name. <laughs> I don't want Hawkeye fans to know, but he said, I figure this is a win-win for me. Cause he said, if obviously if Iowa wins, then I'm happy that Iowa wins and I just lose a little bit of money. But if Iowa state wins, then you win. I'm happy that I won money. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's actually a great idea. Yeah. People do that all the time. You had your, yeah, it's emotional and yeah. Monetary. It's like a safety net. That's right. But we don't advise, we we don't advise, uh, in, in, uh, appropriate betting on this podcast. Yeah. Sorry. Don't do that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. People sports. Uh, do you, do you have, you have plans for the game and your plans are, you're not going to be able to watch it because you have a wedding. Is that right? Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm so confused on what they were thinking when they chose this date. <laughs> well, Sam, sometimes people have to plan their life events early. People okay? actually have lives. Yeah, no, um, we do have a wedding, but it's not until like six o'clock. So we'll be able to oh. watch, you know, at least the first half, if not more, which was, which is good. And then I'm, I'm hoping they've realized since that this is the Iowa, Iowa state weekend and we'll have TVs in place. So otherwise you can always be that couple who watches on their phone. Honestly, Not I've done that I've so ever many done times that. at weddings. Totally done that. <laughs> I've done yep. that a lot. Sorry, yeah, Katie and Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to be um, on a secret island with our friend of the pod, Brooke Johnson. I don't know if I'm supposed oh, that's to. that's right. Yeah, it's a top secret. Um, it's not at all, but we're going to watch the game <laughs> together. I'm really excited. Uh, so that, that'll be fun. And yeah. if we win... I would feel really good. I work from home. So if we win it, it would just be one of those weeks where it'd be really great to go into the office Monday morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Sam, you know what I could do? What? I could go to Gravitate Coworking to brag. Gravitate Coworking. You've heard all about Gravitate Coworking on uh, CW and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast. But now it's my turn to talk about this community office space. There are different plans available for all of your needs. They have dedicated desks, office space, or if you just want to pop in and pop out when it works for you. They have pricing plans um, and availability for everybody. Locations in downtown, East Village, Windsor Heights, um, and they also have locations in Cedar Falls and Jefferson. So there's no reason for you to not find your productive, happy place. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. Interestingly enough, because the world is small, the founder of Gravitate Coworking just happens to be married to our pal, Hope Wood. And Hope Wood, of course, does her fabulous Will in a Day program where you sit down with Hope. She sends you a questionnaire, you fill it out. And before you know it, after just a couple of hours, you have your will created and ready to go. Check her out at hopewoodjd.com and use the code fanatic for $50 off her amazing Will in a Day program. And because we're doing the full, full circle thing tonight, I actually signed my will with Hope in the Gravitate co-working space. So how is that for a transition? Just that was fantastic. It. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, check out um, Gravitate Coworking with a friend, Jeff Wood, and um, Hope's Will in a Day program with a friend, Hope Wood. We appreciate their support of the podcast and the entire podcast network. All right, Sam, anything else on the Cyhawk week before we transition to a little rant that I'd like to go on? 
Um, no, I'd love to hear this rant. Okay. So Doug Gottlieb over the weekend tried to defend UCLA's abysmal attendance against Bowling Green saying it was hot out in California. It was a hundred degrees and so sorry. They have air conditioning and beaches. And this is the same thing that Stu Mandel tried to pull last year. And look, I know you all feel the same way. So I'm preaching to the choir if you're listening, but this attitude sends me through the roof because cool, bro. I'm really happy Californians have beaches, but those (laughs) Californians decided to choose those beaches over college football and fine. That's great for them. I'm happy for them. But the bottom line is they chose something else over college football here in Iowa. We choose college football. We choose college football when it's a hundred degrees. We choose college football when it's at zero degrees. And that makes us a better college football market brand target, et cetera. And my problem is I just don't get this. I don't understand why these national talking heads try to defend this crappy attendance. Like it's a better alternative. Like I understand that UCLA is a national brand. I, I get it. But when you have 10,000 fans at a home game, you're not a better football brand. You might be a bigger brand nationally for other reasons, but when it comes to college football, you're just not. What makes college football special? It's the college campus atmosphere. It's the college pageantry. So I wish these guys would start celebrating that and stop suggesting that choosing to go to a college football game somehow makes us lesser or less sophisticated. I don't know. I don't know why this started and I don't understand why they continue to push this narrative. Yeah. I, uh, I saw you retweet that and I was like, what in the world? Like, that's the worst excuse in the entire world. Like you said, we like, it doesn't matter for us. And I think about last year's Iowa State game. It was literally like a hundred degrees. Yeah, it was hot and nobody cares. Like it is, it is 100% a huge environment thing. And sure. Like you said, you have beaches. Great. Go to the beach, but but they you just, don't claim they, you're a better college football school. Exactly. And, I, I and I'm not even talking about the product on the field. I'm just talking about the, you know, the, the fans. The fans. And the, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. The experience. And yeah, believe it or not, a, I feel like it's something that both Iowa and Iowa state just like, well, Iowa in general, I feel like we should be proud of that. And it's something that's really special that, sh- you know, we, uh, other schools just don't get, or maybe other States don't get. And I don't know. I, I didn't, I couldn't understand that either. When I saw that tweet, I was like, what is he talking about? That does not make any sense. It's a, it's interesting because I, I think I said it on the pod. Uh, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, or it might've even been, um, on the radio with Emery or with Jared, but the Big 12 is this weird island of misfits in the best yeah. way. You have these diehard fanatical fan bases who are nuts about their schools. And that's to me, now I get that I'm I'm in it, so I'm probably biased. But that to me is why the Big 12 is so special. Yeah, The Big 10 generally has the same type of following when it comes to football. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate why the UCLA fits within the Big 10 institution-wise, but location-wise, geography-wise, and that. Um, yeah that attendance wise it's strange and i don't get why we can why we not we why these guys continue to beat that drum i just don't get it i i don't want that if we're looking for a school to add to the big 12 i want a fan base that's going to match that intensity of you know iowa state and kansas state and Mm -hmm. all of the fan bases that we love to fight with because they're like our they're like our siblings we love them but we hate them all at the same time 
No, you love me all the time. <laughs> all right, let's no, take got... a... No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, nope, you go. Okay, well, I was going to take a break, so if you have something to add to it. Nothing important. <laughs> That's just the story of your life. It is. I okay. just like to ramble. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's take a quick break. We are brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, Sam, neither you nor I were tennis players growing up. We didn't grow up in a tennis household, didn't have friends who played. So tennis is kind of a foreign sport to me, but we can appreciate greatness when it comes around and we can appreciate the goat that is Serena Williams. She, (laughs) she is the goat and I don't, I will go to my grave believing that she is, I don't know if we can call it officially retired but she announced she was retiring after the U S open and she lost last week. So I guess she's officially retired. Um, yeah, we'll see, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's like yes, a Tom right. Brady. Like, are you coming back? We'll see. <laughs> Something tells me Serena's done, but we'll see. So? so she was defeated last week by a 29 year old Australian Isla Tom, Tom Leo. Oh gosh. Okay. Isla Tom Leolovich. Tom Leolovich. Okay, the irony of this, and this is so wonderful, is she got asked after the match, you know, how do you feel after you just defeated, you ended Serena Williams' career? And her response was, I mean, no one's going to pronounce my name right, so that's going to suck. Really? (laughs) And then, look, I I even practiced this, her name before the podcast, and I wrote it out phonetically, and I still struggled. So at least she had a sense of humor about it, right? Yeah, for sure. I've never heard of that name in my entire life till this. No. So um, it was a star-studded crowd to watch Serena's, what ended up being her last match. Um, I saw a lot of celebrities, but mm-hmm. one of the most notable to me was Tiger Woods. Yes, that was so cool. And it's interesting because I've seen a ton of comparisons between Serena and Tiger. Me too. And it got me thinking, why do we do this? I don't know. I was wondering the same thing. I, I saw the first thing. It was like two, their picture side by side. Yeah. It was their age, how long they've been playing and all these stats. And I'm like, what is the point of this? They're both, yes, fantastic, but why are we doing this? We always argue, well, you're right. To to your point, I saw a ton of people arguing on Twitter about who has the better better legacy. And, you know, we do this with Michael Jordan and LeBron all mm-hmm. the time, which that one, I don't, I mean, why, first of all, I, whatever. Like, why do we do that? They played in different time periods. It's impossible to actually compare the two. I will think it's stupid forever. But Serena and Tiger is even stranger. Because yeah, it's apples to oranges. Yes, yeah, exactly. They don't play the same sport. They're not the same gender. I just, yeah. and they, 
it, I guess their ages and times overlapped kind of, but they yeah. also came and it, I guess they kind of came of age around the same time, you know, but I don't know. I just don't understand why we can't allow them to both be great. Why That's we have this obsession with ranking people that can't ever be ranked. And I yeah, just let them just both have their own legacy. Yes. Especially with Tiger and Serena, because like I said, they don't, they don't play the same sport. And on top of that, the sports are very different in viewership, um, popularity. It's just very strange. And yeah. it seems to me like they have, um, a solid friendship. I saw an interview with or Serena's comments afterwards said that Tiger really kept her going. She was considering being done. And he said, you know, let's kind of do this together. Let's have our final times be together. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, um, so I guess, I guess there's ways to compare them. I just think it's silly, but yeah. Um, on top of that, I had another thought about Serena. I've also been watching the captain, um, which oh, is the yeah. ESPN multi-part 30 for 30 about Derek Jeter. And I know there was a lot of chatter about why would ESPN why, what necessitates a multi-series or multi-part series about Derek Jeter? He's very boring, blah, 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 blah. And I'm partial to it because I grew up watching Derek Jeter. The nostalgia for me in that, in that series is palpable. I've got myself crying a whole bunch of times. So I appreciate that I have a different view on it from most people. But if you haven't watched it, I would really encourage you if you're a sports fan to watch it. Um, because, you know, Derek Jeter is one of those pivotal athletes of the last couple of decades. Um, if you watch baseball at all, you knew Derek Jeter. If you didn't watch baseball, you knew Derek Jeter. And we knew next to nothing about him as he played, but he comes out swinging in this series. And he talks a lot about his mentality, how he grew up, how he kind of fell into not fell, how he earned his role as the captain. And it's pretty clear that all of these guys, you know, you've got the um, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Derek Cheater. These guys are nuts. Mentality-wise, <laughs> they're nuts. They don't trust anybody. Everything is a dogfight. Everything's a competition. And they want to be the best in everything at all costs. And that includes personal costs. You know, Derek Cheater talks about how he put his chance at uh, marriage and fatherhood on hold because his career came first, period. And I've just been thinking about this because Serena is in my mind. She's in that category of Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Yeah. Being the best. Yes. But she never came off to me as that crazy assassin mentality. Yeah. And I was just wondering if she seemed that way to you. Um, honestly, I never, like you said, watched tennis I don't know much about her besides I knew she was, you know, this all-star. And then I feel like didn't hear for, about her for a long time. And yeah. then I was watching the news and they were like almost every morning, the opening story was Serena Williams. And so I kind of started to follow these past couple of weeks, but I would say from what I saw in the past couple of weeks and like interviews and things, I don't really see that either. And I don't know if it's, is it a gender thing? Okay. That's what, it... that was going to be my next question. You read yeah, my mind. I don't know. So she has always come up and to be fair, like I said, I've, I have not followed her career as closely yeah, as um, probably Tiger Woods, definitely not as closely as Derek Jeter. And there's just so much more about Michael Jordan's 
um, attitude. You know, yeah. we always knew more about that, but Serena has always seemed more human to me yeah. and less, less of a, um, when it all costs type of yeah. human, like put everything else. Yes. On backwards. Yeah, everything else is secondary. But then I started thinking maybe that's not fair because maybe I have a bias in seeing her as a woman. Yeah. Maybe there's a bias in the way the media portrays her because she's a woman and then maybe, or it's just different, you know, it really could just be different. And it's also been interesting because she is a mom now, you know, so we've gotten to see her as a mother while she's still in her playing career. That wasn't the case for Derek Jeter. That wasn't the case. We didn't, we didn't see Michael Jordan as a husband. Well, I guess he, we were so little when he, at the end of his career, Mm Um, and Tiger, we know that his personal life, it was a giant mess. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so I just, um, I just really have been thinking about that in the last couple of days, how she's no doubt in that category of the best of the best, um, in her sport, but she doesn't seem to have that mentality, but maybe she does. And it's just the way she's portrayed. And I'm not sure yeah, if that's yeah. a good or a bad thing. I know. I was just going to say, maybe maybe too, like being a female, she feels like she can't be portrayed like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's a good point. I've never thought about that. Like comparing other athletes. Because I mean, we've talked a million times about how, um, well, my favorite, one of my favorite movies, love and basketball. Oh yes. Um, She, you know, she talks about how she can't play the way that um, Quincy plays because Monica. she can't. Yeah. Monica can't. She Monica, the main character in the movie talks about how she can't play like Quincy plays because yep. she's a, she's a woman. And if she gets yep. in someone's face, if she, you know, chest bumps someone, she is seen as a monster essentially, but that's how what's expected of him when he plays. And so you're right. Maybe, maybe that was also the case. Serena, Honestly, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say like that kind of like, hits home a little bit for me, like being a coach, being a female coach. Um, like, I feel like I have to be really careful with things that I say, um, which I am anyways. I mean, I'm a teacher, so I, you know, have to naturally, but then I kind of hear stories about like male coaches and like things that they say to their players. And I'm just like, what in the world? Like I would be having a meeting with the activities director and parents and be fired in two seconds. And I do feel like it is a little bit of a double standard sometimes of like what you can say or how you need to be portraying yourselves to the public. So I'll just be interested to see in the next, you know, as she kind of winds things down, I'm sure she'll do some press tours and I'll be interested to see if, if that comes up at all or if how she, um, how she talks you know, in retrospect of her career. So I just, anyway, that's just something to consider. And I try to be mindful about my biases, especially with women. So that was just something I had in my mind. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, okay. We try, Alisa and I try every podcast to do a couple of shout outs. Um, and I have a really cool one. So, um, San Diego's football club, the San Diego wave, just announced a couple of days ago that they sold out of their, um, they sold their capacity at capacity for their upcoming match against angel city on September 20, uh, sorry, September 17th. Guess how many people are going to be at this, um, NWSL soccer game, Sam for, um, here. Uh, let me give you a reference. Point. I was going to say, give me a range, please. Okay. Because so, I don't embarrass myself. <laughs> okay. So my family just went to the yeah. Kansas city current game a couple of Fridays yeah. ago. 
they broke their attendance record that night and they the attendance record was 10 well there were 10,000 people there and that broke the attendance record that was a lot of people so guess what this this amount is 15,000 32,000 people what yes that's so many the national women's soccer league is exploding before our eyes wow yes and it is it is really cool to watch. We've talked about it a million times on this podcast, and we probably sound like broken records at this point, but now is the time to invest in women's sports and the National Women's Soccer League. The numbers are there and they are staggering. And it's not just one or two clubs. It is across the board. And some are seeing, you know, bigger leaps of growth. Um, but I think you have to also keep that in context to where these sit, you know, where the clubs are, what they've had, what they have um, kind of established as a base and where they're coming from. But regardless, the growth is across the board and it is awesome to see. Honestly, listening to your podcast, um, the uh, episode about the Kansas city current with Chris long. Yeah. I like, I, I texted you and I was like, I didn't know how cool that story is about their organization and and everything they do to like help women's sports. And, and it, it was very empowering. And I was like, dang, I now feel like I want to be invested in this yes. team. And, um, I had a, a coworker and friend message me say that, you know, she teared up a few times listening to that. Oh, cool. And also, because, like you said, their colors are fantastic. So I need to get a shirt or a jersey. Yes, they are amazing. They have the best <laughs> kit kits in all of sports. I'm telling you that teal is to die for. It is. It is. Yeah. So I just, um, I don't know. I feel like we're on the cusp of something really special. And I think the next decade in women's sports is going to be really, really cool. So yeah, it's cool. Like time, listening to, cool listening to your episodes and you guys just talking about like, and comparing like how far it's come even in the last year, a couple of years. So it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Anything else you got, Sammy? Do you have your outfit picked out for Saturday? Um, well, I mean, I have a, oh, you have a wedding, a wedding, but Never mind. I mean, I'm, I'm, strategic. I didn't, I swear to you, I wasn't even trying to, and that was, in. yeah, you would definitely wear, <laughs> I'm strategically going to try to wear like a red dress You should just to be like, Hey, everybody go cyclones and there I'll was... definitely get them to play juicy wiggle and I'll be doing horns down on the dance floor, baby. Oh, so Ben and I were talking, do you think horns down, you know how a lot of the big 12 schools, and I mean, not just big 12, but a lot of, um, colleges have hand signals, you know, that we've got the horns down, we got the guns up, we yeah. got the, whatever the other Texas tech gun is. Do you think Iowa States should just be horns down? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it's because that just be ours. Like, uh, we horns down is not just at Texas anymore. Horns no, down is like a new thing. It's like a symbol against the man. Like I said, I like we're it. like, it's like our symbol. Uh, we are a bunch of misfits, and you big dogs can go beep. <laughs> yep, I like it. I mean, I've been teaching every, I mean, I've been teaching small children what that sign is. So yeah, my, my kids have been doing it literally since they could walk. So I know it's fantastic. It just feels so like, right. When you do it, it does, you you splash it. Doing it right now. For those of you who can't see me, I'm doing it. (laughs) And I will say it's really funny to see every time a camera pans in Jack Trice stadium, people, it's like your immediate thing. We weren't playing Texas on Saturday. No, it's down all over the place. Yeah. I did like my people who, 
people who aren't Iowa state fans that like I'm friends with, they're like, what are you like? I don't get it. I'm like, it just, it's a thing. You just, there's it's nothing a thing to get. Because it's, just... it's us saying we were the, <laughs> we were at the bottom. We yeah. climbed our way to the top. You guys are piecing out and le- don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. And that's kind of like, like playing, they're like, you're not playing Texas. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not even about Texas anymore. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not. It's really it's a, not. It's about us always being seen as the less than. And that's yeah. our way of saying we ain't the less than anymore. Yeah. Um, I said this on Twitter, but I did my matchy matchy run on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And I saw a man and he was also in matchy matchy clothes to really? the, he was matching the uniform and I saw him coming and I was like, I wonder if he did that intentionally, you know, like oh, I, absolutely. I, well then he flashed me the horns down and oh, I was like, 100%. yes, that is my, those are my people right there. And then, uh, he, he saw me on Twitter say something about it and he said, you know, like, Hey, that was me. So shout out to you again, matchy, matchy running man. We're in this together. I was just going to say, he must follow you on Twitter. To yeah, like he did. Also do the matchy matchy. So I have a, quick... I, uh, go ahead. I ran into a girl or met a gal at this tailgate we were at. Um, she's friends with a friend that I was with and she figured out you were my sister somehow. And she's like, Oh my God, did she match her running outfit with the, and I was like, yes. So you are basically a celebrity with some of my friends. Now Basically, you were known as the matchy matchy running. But girl. I have a real dilemma this weekend. Oh, so this I know. Week, well, listen to this. Okay. So oh, this a new week, one? will you just hold, let me talk. Gosh. <laughs> so this week they didn't announce the uniform combination until Friday night. Okay. Oh. Which in years past, they've done it Wednesday at 11. So I'm leaving town this upcoming week to go to the undisclosed island with Brooke Johnson. And if they don't release it before I leave, then I'm going to have to pack every foreseeable combination so that I can match on Saturday. What if I, why do I do this? Is it worth it? You have to know somebody that can get you that insider information. I don't. That's yeah, that's stressful. Packing in general is already stressful. So that just adds on to it. At this point, I just think it's a thing and I just have to do it. Yeah. It's superstition uh, now. Sacrifices I make for y'all. Honestly, this is what it is to be a Cyclone fan. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm one of those people who after something good happens, I don't let my children move for the next 40 yeah. minutes. So You normally will send me a text and you're like, do not move wherever you are when something good That's happens. That's absolutely so right. I'm used to it by now. Well, I always say to everybody, I try to say this weekly, if not more, be kind. And we can have a lot of fun this week Yeah, with Cyhawk Twitter. We can have fun giving each other a hard time, but don't be mean. Don't be hateful. Don't be actually um, hurtful to people. I mean, this is all in the end. This is a sport. We get, it's a game. We get into it. It matters. I'm not suggesting it doesn't matter. It matters. But not at the cost of making someone feel actually bad. So keep that yeah. in mind, have fun and celebrate like maniacs after we beat the hot guys. I could not agree with that more. Let's just kick their ass. Please. I want to so much. <laughs> it's just like been building over the years that I hate showing up to work the week after and all these Hawkeye fans are a bunch of jerks. It's but too bad we, you are a teacher, so you can't hide in a gravitate co coworking space. Right? Oh my gosh! I yeah, I need that. 
it's so rough after a loss like that. But hey, if Iowa State wins, I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm going to be kind. That's right. You learned. I'll just rub it in a little bit, but I will just be a nice. little, just a little, just a smidge. Yeah. Just a smidge. All right. Here's what I'll say. And then we'll, we'll end it right here. I feel good about Saturday. I think this is the year. I think it's I the think year. this is the year. The game on Saturday was like awesome. And it was, I just felt happy. I, mm-hmm. like you said, I, I was never stressed. It was just fun to watch. And I'm sorry to my husband, but it was also kind of nice coming back to the tailgate and seeing him like, lamenting so upset a about yeah. how bad Iowa looked and because it's I feel like it's roles reverse normally and I was yeah. like Iowa State looks awesome so I feel like it's yeah we're setting it up for a hopefully a big win okay so Elisa and I always end the podcast with go Cyclones go State so I need you to play the role of Elisa here and say go State after I say it okay okay go Cyclones go State <laughs>